Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone's faces here, and I I know that it's good to, to know that there are people who are joining us online um, all over the U.S., which is really cool, um, that God's family, his church is just so beyond just a building. And so that is awesome, and it's so encouraging to see us all gathered in different ways. Um, so... Uh, yeah, let's, let's start off with prayer, and then I'm going to give us a couple of announcements. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the opportunity to come here today to tune in, God, online. I thank you for the opportunity to gather as your church. And Lord, we thank you that you have built in brothers and sisters for us to encourage us and push us forward and to pull us nearer to you through the power of your Holy Spirit. And so, God, we praise you, God, because we know that you take care of us and you have taken care of us through this community. And Lord, we're looking forward to worshiping you today. You are so good. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you're online, go ahead and let us know who you're with. Um, we'd love to be able to, to know who's worshiping with us and to pray with you. So if you need prayer, you can also request prayer on there as well. Um, so if you're here right now, you can check in with us uh, by texting the word CONNECT up to this number, 918-228-5718. Again, you can text 918-228-5718. Um, just text the word CONNECT. Uh, if you are a student, uh, middle school, high school, if you're a, a parent or a grandparent of a student who you think will want to do camp or, or a CIY MOVE conference, go to our website, hptulsa.com, and then go to CONNECT. And then if you click the CONNECT, you can go down and see the students. Click students, and you'll be able to sign up and register for uh, our MOVE conference for high schoolers and our Bible camp for middle schoolers. And you guys, this is an incredible uh, just week, an incredible time. I remember when I was a student, uh, the CIY MOVE conference just deeply transformed and impacted my life. Um, I don't even know that I would be here today if it wasn't for that. And so uh, it's definitely something worthwhile and something that I would encourage you to encourage your students. Or if you are a student, I would encourage you to sign up. Um, if you want to give, you can do so in a bunch of different ways. Um, you can give online. You can text. You can mail. There is a blue box out in the lobby that you can uh, put your gift, your offering. Um, we appreciate that. And if you haven't grabbed communion, it's out in the lobby. So be sure to go back there. Even if during, during one of the songs, go back there, grab your communion, because we'll take that together in just a couple, um, I say a couple moments, probably and later on in service. All right. Well, I think that is everything. I'm a little out of breath, uh, but we're going to worship and we're going to praise God for who he is and what he's done and what he's continuing to do. And so would you please stand if you're able?
of that song, how it it really emphasizes and focuses that sometimes we don't always get the full picture, right? Sometimes we're just 
in the shadows or we're in the valley and we can't see God at work. But the truth is when we trust in him, we know in full confidence that he is always at work and he is always moving. He's always working in our lives. And so let's sing this next song and let's remember that truth that we can trust God with anything because he went to the cross for us. And he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. death surrender to the mighty cross of Jesus Christ the earth would shake beneath the weight of darkness me free 
be seated. John chapter 1 tells us that the Word, that is Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Exodus chapter 40 Verses 34 and 35 describe the glory or the presence of God with the Israelites. Scripture makes it clear that God is with us today, tomorrow, and in all circumstances that are part of our lifetimes. That when you hear the phrase, God dwells among us, what do you think? Does it bring comfort and peace? Does it bring fear and dread? Or are you somewhat indifferent about this whole God dwelling among us thing because you haven't experienced it or seen it firsthand? How God might be dwelling in you? Is it just an abstract idea that the Bible references? That's quite a broad range of attitudes about God's dwelling in us, in you. Honestly, where are you? If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God now dwells in you. His Spirit dwells equally in all believers, and His presence is evidence of our salvation and God's love for us. Just as God's presence went before and led the Israelites and also provided them with protection, so too does God's presence provide each of us today with the same leadership and protection that the Israelites enjoyed. God's presence is evidence of his love for us. That evidence is most apparent in the sending of his son to die for us on the cross, for our sins, so that we might have a relationship with the God of all creation, 
during our communion time today, we celebrate the sacrifice that our Lord Jesus made for us. The sacrifice that makes it possible for us to experience God's presence in our lives to the absolute fullest. Communion is open to all believers in Christ. Whether you are celebrating this communion today with us in the worship center or online, we invite you to prayerfully take these emblems, the bread representing the body of our Lord and the juice representing his blood, and give thanks for the gift of salvation that our Lord Jesus has provided for us. So, I'll ask you again, what does it mean to you that God dwells with us? And most importantly, that he dwells with you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for giving us your presence. Help us each day to recognize your presence in all areas of our lives. Help us to know the peace that your presence gives. What a joy it is to know that you are always there. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In our Lord Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This year is the year that this November, the 220 Center will be celebrating. Whoop. Okay, we're going to show that in one second. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, uh, my name is Brian, and uh, it's good to be with you. I'm in the dark, but the light is coming. There we are. Sorry. Um, about 10 years ago, our food pantry launched, and since that time, 
Uh, Highland Park through the food pantry has fed thousands of people who have come through in a place where they were hungry. And when they left, they had a bag of groceries, several bags of groceries if they have kids, enough food to feed them for several days. They also left with full hearts, knowing that somebody cared for them, somebody was praying for them. They would get contacted or a sweet letter later on. Oftentimes they would become friends. Sometimes uh, they come back and they bring, donate and food, or uh, sometimes people have become part of our church family through that ministry. And nobody has been uh, more important to that ministry here at Highland Park than somebody we wanted to honor this morning, and that is Mary Hitz. Uh, Mary, uh, from the very beginning, served in a, and there were times where it was like, we've got to get this stuff done. We've got to get this legal paperwork done. We have somebody to have to do this online training. We have to get things organized. And it was Mary, 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 Mary who did that so many times. And uh, you'll see some pictures here with Mary who's, uh, and her uh, husband, David, who has supported her and uh, helped us in all of this as well. But Mary, just uh, this past couple months, has had to step back a little bit from some of uh, from her leadership role in the food pantry uh, to take care of. Uh, uh, David had a few health issues. She's had a few health issues right now. She's either thumbs up or thumbs down. I don't know which one, but she had thumb surgery last week, so she's doing one of these. Mary, I hope it's this. Um, but she. Uh, uh, has had to step back, and so the food pantry wanted to honor her and just say thank you and to celebrate God using her. And even just a, a month ago, we had a drive-through where people who have been served by the food pantry drove through and waved and said thank you to her. Uh, but one of the other co-leaders for the, for the 220 food pantry team, David Maddox, uh, shared a few thoughts about Mary that we want you to, to watch right now. This year is the year that this November, the 220 Center will be celebrating its 10th year since it's opened. And um, one person that's been there since the beginning in providing a leadership role has been Mary Hitz. And uh, this year, um, right now at this point, we're recognizing Mary and all the years of service that she's given us. And um, one thing I'd really like to point out and... Uh, is that uh, is that she leads with a quiet example and with quiet words. Um, so many times um, I've heard the words, a little question where she'll ask, do we have enough freezer space? Or do you think we have enough turkeys? Or next, next Saturday, do we need more help? Um, and, uh, and one famous one, we don't need more figs. Um, Mary has been um, an, an example, a model of leading with uh, quiet leadership. Um, and uh, um, we really want to uh, appreciate her and recognize her at this time. Uh, thank you. I know David and Mary are watching. Would you express your thanks? Every time uh, we have an opportunity to give here at Highland Park, part of that money goes to fund our 220 Center Food Pantry. 
and it goes to serving uh, the needs, the emergency hunger needs in this neighborhood. Uh, but it also goes to funding what allows us to care not only for people's physical needs, but their emotional and spiritual needs. And the food pantry team has done a diligent work of doing all of those things. And so uh, we're going to ask God to bless this time of giving. Gabriella shared earlier, there's different ways that you can give either as you head out today or you can do so online in a safe and secure way. And so let, let's pray and ask God's blessing for that. God, we, we ask your blessing um, for our food pantry team. We thank you for uh, the quiet, faithful brave leadership that Mary has given to that team for a decade. We're, we're thankful how there were times where we were short volunteers and she picked up the slack and served many hours that others did not know about. We're thankful for the, se the seasons where she's been able to mentor and care for others uh, who have been able to, to step up into leadership roles, into new serving roles. We're thankful for her visionary ideas uh, that have allowed us to care for people. And we're just thankful that she reflects your heart in caring for people. We pray that you would continue to supply our needs and to direct us as we care for those in this neighborhood with emergency needs. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. To be set apart, to be different, that's what we are to be. As Christians, it means that we are holy, set apart for a specific purpose. And, and last week we talked about how uh, God has, has done this great work, and we talked about John and Peter and John's realization that the only way to find life is to find God's love. And this week, we want to look at one of the most famous Old Testament characters, Moses. And sometimes we honor the Old Testament characters, uh, and we, we look at their great characteristics. But if we miss one thing, we've missed it all. If we've missed that the greatest thing about the Old Testament characters is that they point us to Jesus We've missed what God is really trying to do. And so this morning, we want to take a look at that. And to help us understand uh, a little bit about Moses' fear, even though it may have been irrational, uh, we have a special video that I want to play. It's maybe the cutest video I've seen in 2021, and it's our very own uh, Campbell. Well, Connor and Allie's very own Campbell. And they gave me permission. He did not give me permission, so don't mention it to him later. Um, but we're going to show this video of what happens when, in your mind, you're Spider-Man and you're on a skyscraper building, thousands of feet in the air, hanging on for dear life, and you're afraid that you can't get down because that's what's happening in his head. Here's what's happening in the video. Hello. Hello. Just put your feet oh. down. Yeah, you can. Oh. Just put a foot down. You're fine. Oh. I can't. Just <laughs> One foot. Just one foot down. And then the other foot. I can't. You can't. Campbell, you're so close to the ground. Just. I'm hanging. <laughs> I'm 
hanging on. Just put a foot down. Just one foot. Just reach it back. Campbell. Campbell, just stretch out one foot and just touch the ground. You've got this, bud. Campbell. Just yours. It's not funny. <laughs> so funny. Your foot's right. Put that I like how finally he quits asking his mom and dad and just goes to grandma for help. <laughs> Did you notice that? Uh, I love that. But while we laugh at that little video, um, haven't there been times in your life where there was something that God asked you to do and you had this irrational fear? I can't do it, God. Like, I can't get my foot to the ground. I'm way too high up in the air. And God is saying, like, just put your foot down. Just put, just put your foot down. It's right there. Well, that kind of brings us to Moses. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus chapter 3. And I, I want to just read the first 12 verses. Uh, remember, the, uh, just to set this up, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. Okay? Their Pharaoh um, began to fear them and, and thought that they were kind of the outsiders, kind of a threat to them. And so because he was afraid, he enslaved them. Uh, they had asked, uh, began murdering the, the newborns, um, Moses. Uh, his mom puts him in a basket so he won't be killed, floats him down the river. Pharaoh's daughter sees him and takes him in and raises Moses. And so Moses is saved, kind of this miraculous uh, uh, escape from death, grows up in the house of Pharaoh. But then as he's walking about one day, he's seeing his own people mistreated. And he kind of has this light bulb moment of what's happening. And in anger, he defends one of the, the Israelites, the Hebrews, and ends up killing an Egyptian while defending them. And so then he's afraid that everything's going to go bad for him. So he runs for it. He escapes Egypt, ends up out in the wilderness. And that kind of brings us to chapter 3. He's, he's found a place where he's living, um, a family there. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire but did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down 
to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hizzites, Amorites, Pezzerites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Okay, let's summarize this just kind of real quickly if we could. First, God sees the suffering of the Israelites. And there's a reason, there's probably several reasons, he goes to Moses. But just kind of take note that we want our hearts to align with God's hearts. That's the prayer of uh, your will. I want my, my will to become your will, right? We change our hearts to reflect God's hearts. If you're angry about something, ask yourself, is God angry about that same thing? If not, get over it, okay? God wants your anger, your passion, your emotions to reflect the things that he is concerned about. And Moses was concerned about the suffering of the Israelites. God is concerned about the suffering of the Israelites. So it's a natural choice for God to say to Moses, like, I think you're my guy for this. Because your heart is already lined up at least partially with mine in this way. So uh, Moses knows about the suffering and God chooses him to be part of his plan to rescue them and to pave the way for Christ. I mean, all God's whole story leading up to Jesus goes right through Moses if we read the whole Bible. So he, Moses doesn't know he's asking him to be part of all of that, but he knows this is important. And Moses asks this question. This is significant. He says, God, who am I? And do you, do you, did you catch what God answered? God doesn't answer. Because who Moses is does not matter. See, oftentimes we're like, God, who am I? And God's like, let me remind you who I am. Who you are, I know. You're just some dude in the wilderness. You, you, you killed an Egyptian. I, I know your failings. I know your faults. But I also know your gifts and your strengths and your weaknesses. And God says, like, don't ask me who you are. I'm going to tell you who I am. And God says, I am God, and I'll be with you. And my friends, that's enough. When God calls you to something specific, and, and you feel God's nudging, and you want to say, God, who am I? Hear God saying, like, I, I don't care. I'm telling you, I'm God, and I'll be with you, so obey me. God is enough. So then God tells him, you're going to go, and you're going to assemble uh, the, the elders, the Israelites, and then you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to tell Pharaoh, hey, let everybody go. But Pharaoh's not going to do that, so then I'm going to be by your side. And I'm even going to cause the Egyptians to look on you with favor when you leave. The people will give you things. So God actually has a plan and the provisions for Moses to go. The plan and the provisions. And every time God asks you to do something... He has the plan, and he's got the provisions for you. The catch is, he may not always tell you. It's pretty cool that he told Moses. Like, he kind of goes above and beyond. He tells Moses the plan and the provisions, or at least kind of the highlights. 
But sometimes God just says, obey me. And we're like, well, God, I need to know more about the plan. And God just says, obey me. So what are you going to do? Are you going to obey the God who created you or not? So it's our place to have faith and to trust that God has a plan and he has the provisions. He will provide for you in that plan. So it makes Exodus chapter 4, when we think about this, frustrating. It's frustrating because Moses has excuses. What's even more frustrating is some of those excuses remind me of myself. So we get, we're not going to read through Exodus 4, but let me give you like the low lights here, okay? God, or Moses says, but God, what if they don't listen to me? Okay, fair question. Except that God says like, hey, like I've got all the power in the world. I'm going to do these miraculous signs to encourage them to listen to you. And then Moses says, he makes up these excuses in kind of a funny way. He actually starts it with saying pardon. <laughs> pardon, sir. His next excuse is, I don't talk so good. Like, I know that grammar bothered you. I did that on purpose. I don't done talk so good, God. Okay, My, I failed English class. Speech class was a disaster. Like, I can't give some big speech in front of the Israelites, let alone in front of Pharaoh. I don't talk very well. And God says, <clears throat> excuse me, who created you and gave human beings the ability to talk or to listen? Me, I think I can help you get past your little speech difficulties or your big speech difficulties, but trust me. And, and then Moses is kind of running out of excuses, and he just says this, pardon, sir, one, one more thing. Can you send somebody else? Like he just straight up asked God, can you choose anybody, anybody except for this guy? And the text says that God's anger burned. Ooh. Was it because God was angry that Moses doubted himself? No. Because Moses wasn't doubting himself anymore, was he? He was doubting God. And when God asks you to obey and you keep making up excuses, you're not doubting yourself either. You're doubting the God of the universe who says, I can do more with you than you thought. And, and, and I know what I'm doing here, and I asked you to obey. I asked you to do this. I'm inviting you to be part of my story, and I've got a plan. I've got provisions, so obey me. Now, your calling may not be quite so dramatic. And if that word calling throws you off, just let me substitute this word, asking. If when God asks you to do something, uh, it, you may not, you know, be out in the backyard and see like a bush on fire, but it's not burning up and God tells you something. However, every time we read scriptures, as we read them, as we open up our Bibles and we hear from God, there's some questions to be asked of us. God's asking, are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Are you loving me with all of you, heart, soul, mind, and strength? Are, are you pursuing love and mercy and justice? Are you walking humbly with me, Micah 6, 8? Are you doing these things? There's questions that God is asking us when we read the Bible. When we spend time in prayer, part of that prayer time needs to be, we talked about this a lot this last year, part of our prayer time 
God invites us just to listen to him. Because how are we going to know what God is asking if we're the ones who are always talking, right? With any friendship. So we need times of reading the Bible. We need times of prayer and quiet listening. And, you know, maybe for you it's more helpful to listen when you go on a walk or you go on a hike or you, you sit on your back patio or you listen to some uh, worship music. But maybe there's a place where it helps you to listen to God. Find that place and listen to him. Otherwise, we'll never know what God is calling us, what he's asking of us. But God did call Moses, and, and, and God is calling you. This last week, God called uh, somebody new here at, a, at Highland Park named Amanda. And Amanda's just been at Highland Park. She gave me permission just to share this. For, uh, this is her third week. Moved here from California, found Highland Park online, and showed up with the kids and uh, Amanda and her husband, Alex, last week um, were sitting right here, and uh, they heard God's call. And Amanda heard this, this ask of God of, will you, be, will you follow me? And, and Amanda said yes. And so most of you don't even know this, but as you all were leaving, uh, Dave had a little Bible study right there with Amanda and Alex, and several of you helped with the kids. And by the time we left, there was a baptism here last Sunday morning. And absolutely, that's we're celebrating. And so, Amanda, we're so thankful uh, for your decision. And uh, this morning when I was talking to Amanda, she just said, you know, it... Um, you know, baptism is a significant thing, but she said it wasn't a big deal for me to obey because if I really believe God loves me, then it's not like embarrassing to do that. It's because God's not ashamed of me. He loves me. So it was easy to obey because I knew of God's love for me. And I thought that was such wisdom. So thank you and welcome uh, to this family. So what is God calling for you? When God asked of Moses, it was pretty specific you know, go free my people from slavery. And Moses may have had excuses and kicked and screamed and all of that, but hey, he eventually goes, right? And he actually becomes a fantastic leader. Not perfect, but fantastic. He leads the Israelites in some of the most difficult places when they're grumbling and whining and disobeying, and he's leading them in a harsh territory, but he goes. And it's why Moses is considered one of the great prophets, you think about kind of Abraham and in like your Old Testament history and, and Moses and David, kind of the big three that we, we think about. And there's others as well. And Moses is a tremendous prophet. But at his very best, what Moses does is just points us to Jesus. Because the New Testament teaches us that Jesus is the great the great prophet. Jesus is greater than Moses. That Esther was great, but Jesus is greater than Esther. Abraham was great, but Jesus is greater than Abraham. David was great, but Jesus is greater than David. And all of them kind of point us to who Jesus is. Deuteronomy 18, 18 says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, Moses, from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. We're talking about Jesus. And, and don't miss 
all of the similarities, and it's part of the beauty of Scripture. Think about Moses and Jesus. They both were born in a country with a king that wanted them dead. They both kind of have a miraculous way that they escape even being born and, and getting past the toddler age. They both have not a divine, but a faithful and courageous mom who loves the Lord and wants to protect them. Moses uh, has to flee Egypt and go off into exile away from Egypt. Jesus has to flee to Egypt to go to exile into Egypt to, to escape the king's wrath. Both face a time of testing in the wilderness. While Jesus is in the wilderness, he quotes Moses from Deuteronomy three times to resist the temptations. Moses goes up on a mountain later to receive the law, the Ten Commandments. Jesus walks up a mountain to give the law, the Sermon on the Mount. There's all these similarities. Moses introduces us, uh, the, the Israelites, to the, the Passover lamb, that the blood of the lamb would protect them and save them. And then Jesus comes as the Passover lamb, and his blood would save us. You see, God has done this beautiful thing in Scripture that we're, that we're reading 66 books, but it's just one story that God has laced together perfectly through history. And he invited Moses to be part of that story. And he invites you to be part of that story. Are you listening? What are you afraid of? Has God called you to follow him? And maybe, like Amanda, you want to be obedient to that call and you want to be in these baptistry waters later today. We would be glad to help you do that. Be glad to study with you like Dave did if you want to study some more today or tomorrow or whenever we can. And so if you're watching online and you, if God is speaking to you right now, don't like just think, oh, I want to just get that. I just want to move on, get on to the next thing of my day. Don't do that. Don't do that to God. Because he comes after us patiently, gently, but he comes and he asks us to follow him. Maybe God is calling you, asking you to, to just get your life back on track, that you've, you've meandered away from following Jesus, and you're kind of on your own thing, and you realize that God wants you to be connected to him and to his people and to serve. And you're going to be like the young man I met with for lunch just this last week who said those very same things to me and said, I'm ready to get back and walk with the Lord, and I want to serve, and I want to be part of a Bible study or a small group and connect, and I want to do what God wants to do in my life. Maybe that's the ask for you. Maybe it's the ask of, like, I, I, I want to serve. I, I want to, to connect. I want to care for people. Whatever God is asking of you, he's got the plan. He has the provision for you, but he's a gentleman, in that he says, I'll let you decide. Oh, he's got the power. He doesn't have to let us decide. But he chooses to. Because he's loving and he's caring. And he says, I want you to be with me. But I'm going to let you decide. If you choose to walk away, you walk away. I'll keep asking. I'll keep after you. But I'm asking you to follow me. And so we just want to ask are you listening to God 
and willing to follow him, to trust him. If you're here with us in person and would like to make a decision to follow Jesus, just as soon as we're done here, we'd be glad to just meet you right outside uh, on the patio right there. And if you're watching, participating with us online, worshiping online with us this morning, just click the button that pops up and one of our prayer hosts will connect with you and talk with you there. We would love to do that. We'd love to help you take that next step of obedience that God is asking of you. Would you let me just pray about that with us? God, help us to listen to your ask, your call, your word, your voice. For for anyone listening right now, not just to me, but to you, Lord, help them to obey. Encourage them in these moments to obey, to yield, to, to submit, to give up, Uh, their pride, their arrogance, their selfishness, or just their hesitancy, or the fear that they would trust you. And however you're asking them to follow you. Father, we want to say thank you because if you ask us, that means you love us. And so thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I do hope that you will really seriously consider how am I inviting God to talk to me and to listen to him. Uh, We encourage you, if you have not been uh, jumping in on the Core 52 is just a a book that kind of leads you through studying the Bible. We have some out there and you can just pay for those online. Um, But you can take one today and pay for it later online. Just go to our website and you can find that there. Uh, But we start a whole new week of study tomorrow morning. And so hopefully that you can be studying along with us as well. Um, A couple more just really quick things before we go. Gabriella mentioned this. We have a text number up here. um, And we could use your help just kind of learning this new system for us because we realize it's clunky to say, hey, uh, connect with us if you want to serve. Go to hptulsa.com slash connect slash blah, blah, blah. You know, we start to lose people. And so this might be a technology that really helps us say like, hey, if you want to be part of Day of Serving, connect serve to this number. If you want to be part of a small group, text. We're, we're trying this technology out, but we think it will be really helpful for everybody to use in multiple ways. So the way this works is you go to your phone, and it's like you're sending a text message to that number and you just type the word connect in. That's the whole message. And then it will send you the connect card. And on the connect card, you can fill out, like, I'd like to be part of a small group. Or here, you know, I'd like to, to serve in this way. Um, this is exactly what Jordan did, who played the drums this morning. Filled out a connect card this way, bing, bing, bing. And now is serving in this way. And so we love that. That's uh, uh, That's just a way. And so if you can do that, we would really appreciate that. And we'll kind of keep working out the technology of of that. Um, We'll also have ways for people to connect. They can always do so, like in a printed form and such here. Uh, But the technology will will help us get a lot of people that way. Uh, If you are are participating online, thank you so much. And I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody and connect with somebody today. Make a phone call. Go on a walk. The weather's great. But visit with some other folks. And if you need something, please, please, please 
let us know. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And we would love to visit with you outside here in a few minutes. So have a great day. Be blessed.